Hello and welcome to the Griswold Podcast on iCode Media. I hope you all are hanging in there and staying healthy during this pandemic. Thanks to all of you who have reached out to me or through email, through phone calls, with comments about how much value you get from these episodes. On that note, if there's a guest you want me to have on or a topic you'd like me to discuss, please reach out and I'll do my best to make that happen. So speaking of value, when discussing the value of services we provide in iCare, it's important to consider how that value is communicated. When we submit an insurance claim for a provided service, we will also submit an ICD code that accurately describes the patient's condition to the payer and also will justify medical necessity for additional tests that we may order. For example, if a patient with moderate dry macular degeneration and primary opening glaucoma needs an office visit and receives an office visit and also a photograph of their macula as part of their care, the coding may look something like H31.3132, which is non-exudative age-related macular degeneration bilateral intermediate dry stage, and that may be linked to a 92014. And then there also may be that same code additionally linked to a 92250. When the information is submitted to the payer, even though we may have provided attention and treatment for the glaucoma, uh, traditionally that code may be left off the claim since the provider would be paid for all the procedures and services with simply the one code. So a lot of us will just try to simplify it as much as possible by leaving off additional hanging codes. In the past, leaving off these additional codes didn't seem to be detrimental to the practice because it didn't impact the reimbursement for those procedures. However, under new payment systems, it's important to include all relevant diagnoses to let the payer know the complexity of the examination and help them adjust patient risk profiles. Hierarchical conditional categories are ICD codes that trigger risk adjustment used by Medicare Advantage plans, accountable care organizations, and value-based payment adjustments, so things like MIPS and MACRA. These programs will use HCCs to modify payment to an organization or provider in the care of those patients. So let me try to paint a little bit clearer picture by using an accountable care organization as an example or an ACO. An ACO is built to be quote unquote accountable for the care they're providing. And this means that by sharing in the risk, they will also share in the reward. In this hypothetical example, if an ACO receives, let's say from CMS or from Medicare, $1,000 a month per patient to provide care for 1,000 patients, when that ACO will receive a, a million dollars a month to care for those patients. If their costs to provide the care that those patients need are less than a million dollars a month, the ACO makes dump money. And if the ACO spends more than a million bucks a month, they lose money. There are a couple ways that ACOs can generate profit. The first is to provide preventative services that are less costly than urgent or emergent services, and they keep people healthy. This means obviously then they keep they stay out of the hospital, they stay out of the emergency rooms, and they prevent other more costly procedures. The other way is to show CMS that these thousand patients have more chronic diseases, which is evidenced by the hierarchical conditional codes that require more money to manage. So if an ACO can show CMS that they are caring for patients with more chronic conditions, then they justify more money per patient per month. So for patients with greater numbers of HCCs, the ACO may receive 
in our example, say $1,500 a month per patient. So how does this impact us as optometric physicians? The more HCC codes we report appropriately for our patients, the more attractive we become to work with both inside ACOs and as partners with them. There is a value-based payment adjustment in MIPS, which is calculated by comparing the costs of your care for each beneficiary to the expected cost per beneficiary, which is determined by the risk of your patients. The basis of this risk adjustment will be based on how you code your HCCs for your patients. So if we're coding HCCs when appropriate, then Medicare Advantage plans would have more income from CMS and could theoretically forward some of that on to providers as increased payments for the services that we're providing to those beneficiaries. You can find a non-exhaustive list of commonly utilized codes in iCare in the show notes today that, if appropriate, should be included on the claim form at least once per year, even if it's a secondary diagnosis. The take-home for our practice is to include all diagnosis codes on our claim forms that are pertinent to that patient at least one time a year. The older claim forms were limited to four diagnosis codes. Current forms have room for up to 12. So we should have room for all hierarchical conditional codes. If you found this episode valuable and you'd like to support your state associations during COVID-19, check out iCode Clinical Update, where for every virtual CE event purchased between now and July 1st, iCode Education will write a check to your state association for 50 bucks. Just visit iCodeEducation.com, that's E-Y-E-C-O-D-E Education.com, or follow the links in today's show notes. Additionally, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, write a review, and share it with your friends. At iCode Media, we believe in advancing the optometric profession by diving deep into eye care topics and providing actionable steps for our listeners and subscribers. Have a great week. Talk to you soon.